Hey there, hi there, ho there, children of the podcast land. Welcome to Sports Frenzy 2.0, the final regular Sports Frenzy 2.0 episode of 2021. And as Steel God, Panther said, not only fuck 2020, fuck 2021, 2021 too. It was not much better. No, no, it was not. And another abysmal year. Yes. Still problems with concerts, sports, idiots in politics, idiots in society. And so surprisingly, no dumbasses this week. No. How the hell did that happen? Everybody it's took the time. holidays. Everybody took time off for the holidays yep. from being dumbasses. So we're going to try to do things a little bit differently this week, kids. We're going to do our usual NFL an NCAA talk, and then we'll wrap things up. But our moments of silence, we're going to work them into the sports as we go along instead of waiting to the end. Yeah. So we're not going to do our normal moments of silence and dumbasses at the end. We're just going to fade out, you know, as you should at the end of the year. Just Yep, just go, go quietly. quietly into that good night. <laughs> <laughs> and stay away from amateur hour this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, stay home on amateur night. Yeah. You have too many morons who don't know what they're doing out there. Be safe. All right, let's get in. NFL talk. Where do you want to begin? The biggest news story of the week? Yeah, like we said, that should probably be where we start. And this will probably carry us through a lot of this segment. So we'll probably end up doing our picks like we did last week, all in segment two. Yeah. Um, college and the pros, because, of course, yesterday the news came down that legendary coach, broadcaster, video game icon John Madden had passed away. Uh, was it 84? 84, 85, Five. possibly. Um, but wow. And, and the thing is. I personally never thought of him as the best broadcaster out there, but he wasn't. The, you couldn't deny the impact he had across the board. Right. He wasn't the greatest broadcaster, but he revolutionized broadcasting football on television because he was the pioneer bringing in the technology on the screen so he could diagram and write everything up and really help teach a whole generation of fans the nuances of different plays and what was going on on the defense and offensive side of the ball. Absolutely true. Not only using, like you said, I mean, you call it the telestrator, the te- yeah, whatever you want to call it, but also through the football game, the video game. Right. I've heard a lot of people today as I've listened to the tributes pour in on TV, on radio, a lot of the younger generation are saying they learned how to play football, not only from what you are saying, from what they watched on the broadcast, but through playing the video games. Yeah. Each generation got something out of John Madden, be it from listening to him on television or playing his video game. There were different nuances that you learned about the game that it all makes more sense. Just don't look at the ball. 
look at where everybody is on the field, how they line up, where coverages go, routes run, blocking schemes. And again, there were, were times like like Dick Vitale to me is a perfect example on the basketball side. It's it's to me a double edged sword, right? With, with the bam, boom, pow, the over the top screaming, yelling, yeah. Because of of Madden and Vital, we've got Gus Johnson and Tony Romo now, and we'll get to Akib Talib a little bit later. <laughs> so he opened up in a way Pandora's box, and I think in a way it's a tribute to him because. It's, it's saying he was, even though he was really the first one to break the mold, he wasn't the stodgy, you know, no. by the numbers color guy. He actually added his personality and tried to have some fun with it. The problem was when the first one is the best one, you it's all downhill from there. And we have you... not seen anybody even close to being as good as John Madden. I'm sorry. No. And again, I'm not a huge fan of the over-the-top color commentary guy but but he's still the best of them all i can't stand tony romo i can't stand you know even though gus johnson is a play-by-play guy you can tell he's trying to be like a madden yeah don't imitate don't try to replicate take what you learn from him bring the passion but don't be over the top right these guys are trying to be over the top that was just who Madden was. He brought his coaching style into the booth. Yeah. And that's where these guys have got to learn to find their own way. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to denigrate Madden. No, 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 I'm not him at all. All the credit in the world for being I mean, my a revolutionary God. in the world of sports. Again, all across the board. Yeah. And you know, when I saw everything this morning, you know, after hearing the news. You know, I listen to all the tributes. And I listen to a lot of people. And there's so many great stories about him out there, from the the Madden Cruiser um, to the fact that I think the Turducken. Come on, the, yeah, they brought up the Turducken, the All Madden, team. All Madden team. How I mean, everybody, the the players <clears throat> wanted to be on the Madden All Madden team. They care about their ratings in the Madden video game, right? And this this is a guy who his All Madden team weren't necessarily your flashiest players. They were the hardest working guys on the field. Right. Right. The down and dirty, do what it takes. And there's one story that popped up, and I I, I don't want to say this is gospel. I probably should do a little more research on it. But there's a story out there that when EA came to him, when the Madden game was about ready to take off, and they offered him stock. Yeah. He basically said, what's that? What what, what do you mean? And I, he turned him down. Yeah. Now, eventually, later on, he got a nice, my understanding is $150 million payment from them. Yeah. But eventually, he did wind up with ownership of the name. A lawyer probably got a hold of him and finally said, John... <laughs> John, whoa, whoa, come on, man! Whoa. I love you. Let's let's do this the right way, yeah. So you don't get hosed, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's hard not to to love him and appreciate everything he did for the game. 
it's really and again i've always nitpicked i nitpick everybody yeah but he was one of the most likable guys right in sports right definitely likable oh my god how could you not like him you could say again he went too far over the top at times but compared to the idiots now who've taken yeah. his his way of doing things and they've run with it and gone too far he almost looks mild now compared to, to yeah. Tony Romo and again i hate saying the same names over and over again but they but, are the ones who are the problems right right and of course i for years and years and years i've i've invested plenty of money in the Madden video game i didn't buy it every year um, and it's pretty much falling by the wayside now. They're not doing anything to upgrade it or make it any better. So I haven't played it in probably three years. Yeah. Um, and you hear that complaint from a lot of gamers. Um, and it, it'd be a shame if but at what they let point, it just collapse. Yeah, but at what point can you do much more with it? Right, right. You get to, yeah, you get to the apex where you've already made the, the players look and move as realistically as possible. You're upgrading the rosters during the season. You upgrade the announcers during the season. Yeah. They actually go into the recording studio every couple weeks. I think it's Charles Davis. I can't remember the play-by-play -play guy. Charles Davis does the color on the current Madden, and they go in every two, three weeks during the season and update their commentary to nice. fit what's been going on. So you're, I'm backing you up. Yeah. There's not, what else can you do? I mean, not much because you're already running every aspect of your team. And you've already gotten so creative with your defensive schemes and your offensive schemes that people get mixed up with what you can do on the video game with what you can actually do on the field. Right. And so you've got that crossover. You can't get any better than that. Right. Right. And of course, again, the rosters will update every year. You bring the rookie class in, new coaches. But the thing is, with the new coaches, you would think you'd bring in new playbooks, but they really don't. No. They've got a handful of playbooks, and they basically, like if Nick Sirianni – you know, pops in now this year on Madden for coaching the Eagles. Is his playbook, his playbook's going to follow him from the coach he had that he was working for before. Right. It's like an Andy Reid disciple. They're taking Andy Reid's playbook and they're putting that with him. Yeah. So again, backing you up, there's not a lot you can do. <laughs> exactly. But it's just, it rakes in money. It's just a cash cow. And the ultimate tribute, Madden himself has to be on the cover. Oh, yeah. Everybody's saying it would be an absolute travesty if, if he is not on the cover this coming fall. Absolute travesty. <clears throat> because I heard, I heard people going through rattling off the names of all the players that have been on the cover of every single edition. And they would go through and they would stop at one – one guy actually said, Sean Alexander. I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh my okay, God. dude. I understand he had a very brief career, but he was MVP. Right. He was MVP and deserved to.
to be on the cover the that one, next the year. The one that everybody, they forget it was a fan vote. The one that everybody freaks out about is Peyton Hillis. <laughs> Peyton Hillis was on the oh cover yeah. of Madden one year because it was all fan voting. It was fan voting, and he was everybody's favorite Cleveland fantasy Cleveland Brown player. player, you know. Yeah, he Big had fan that one phenomenal season. But yeah, everybody, everybody acknowledges if EA does not put John Madden on the cover of the next edition. There's going to be a riot. Yes. As there should be. So, of course, thoughts and prayers to football fans everywhere, the Madden family. We will miss you, John. Yep. Hopefully up there you're eating a leg from your turducken, drinking a Miller Lite, (laughs) and conversing with the big guy. Exactly. One of the great, I got to bring this up before I move on. One of the great quotes I heard today about John Madden. And this is the kind of guy he was. And again, I've heard this somewhere else. So I'm just bringing this in, but it was such a cool quote. He was talking about the football hall of fame. He's talking about the busts, you know, and how they sit there in that massive room that you walk through. And it was, it was so cool. It was kind of like, as they mentioned, kind of like a night at the museum where he was in this interview. He said, you know what I think happens? I think the last janitor or maintenance person leaves and they turn off the lights in Canton and they leave and they lock the doors and those busts start talking to each other. (laughs) (laughs) And the stories they could tell. And I was like, yeah, that's football, man. That's football. Marino oh. talking to Elway, Mean Joe Green talking to Deacon Jones. I mean, that's the kind of guy he was. Allison Lombardi. He had the imagination <laughs> and the passion and the love for football. That's just such a cool story. And like the person that I heard today who was relating it said, nobody else gets away with that. Madden is the only guy who gets away with that story. And we all look at it and go, that's exactly. cool. That's awesome. That is Madden. Yep. All right. So now, unfortunately, we have to turn our attention to regular real football. Ugh. Week 16 was interesting. I don't know if it was great. It 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 continued to show what a bizarre freaking season this actually is. And the Bears went out. In Seattle, which not completely surprising with as bad as Seattle has been playing of late, they you're probably having to look at a coaching change in Seattle. I think I I think Pete Carroll they would give him the option to retire after what he's done for them. I don't think he'd get fired. No, but you would almost have to think they have to have that strong discussion. This would almost be a blow it up scenario where you would just trade Russell Wilson, let Pete Carroll go off, as we said earlier, into that good night. Yeah. And I said good night. <laughs> and and the, the one move they made a couple years ago that I'm telling you was an awful move that I think sealed their fate was giving up all those first-round picks for Jamal Adams. Yep. 
that is coming back to bite them. Because that's almost like the Bears. That's way. almost like the Bears giving all that money to Eddie Jackson. Yeah, you've got to really look hard and long at these guys that you're going to lock up for a long term and contract when you're talking about trading for them or keeping them. And you got to look at, okay, a safety. Am I really going to pay all this money for a safety? Yeah. Congrats that you got Eddie Jackson as a steal way back in the draft did. like you did. That doesn't mean you but have you to give him top-level money. You don't overpay. And Jamal Adams never really impressed me with the Jets to the point where I don't understand why Seattle Had decided they him. wanted to rebuild the, le- the Legion of Boom around him. There was nothing there to warrant rebuilding around him. Right. At all. So, good for the Bears. I'm glad they won. I didn't watch the game. I mentioned earlier Aqib Tlaib. I couldn't watch the game because he was doing the color commentary. He, he is, is not good. awful. He is abysmal. Literally he, sounds like they pulled a guy off the streets in South Central or the South Side of Chicago and they said, hey, you want to do color on the, the Bears game? He he literally talks ghetto. I'm sorry, he does. He can't talk like a normal human being. I don't care what you think of me by saying that. That's what he sounds like. Listen to Charles Davis. Charles Davis, African-American, speaks better than anybody I've heard in my life. The dude is smooth. The dude is smart. He doesn't have to go down to that level like Akeem no. Talib does. And well, they don't, Lewis Riddick. They let Akeem, uh, Lewis Riddick's another one. I want Lewis Riddick as the next Bears GM, by the way. That would be phenomenal. The guy is brilliant. But that's a great example. Another great example. I, I don't understand. And uh, Akeem Talib, they don't, he doesn't have to wear a suit. He can wear his gold chains. He can... Why are you kissing his butt? He's an idiot. It's like Tony Romo all over again. Overreaction. How about you let the professionals do their job and let the kids stay at home? (laughs) Sorry, Akib. In this profession, you are a child compared to a guy like John Madden. I had to get out. I could not watch my beloved Bears play because I got tired of muting. I had to keep muting the TV. <laughs> and I said, I'm done with this. I'm going to go watch something else. I can't. I can't keep muting the TV. See, now, I've learned to tune it out. I can't tune them out. I just can't. You have to. You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. <laughs> okay, Ario. <laughs> but, okay, so the Bears win. And we also have to talk about, again, working our moments of silence in throughout the show legendary Bears reporter Jeff Dickerson passed away at 44 years old. Uh, cancer. What an awful, awful story. Not only because Jeff passed away. Two years ago, his wife passed away. In the same hospice facility. Yeah. And you got to feel so bad for his son. Ugh. And anybody who's who's a Bears fan, anybody who follows the, the Chicago football mm-hmm. team, knows Jeff Dickerson. And yeah, it's just it, it's a it's, huge loss to the Bears community. It really is. It is such a knowledgeable guy. 
and took his job seriously. It came through in his reporting, and he's going to be greatly missed. And I was glad to see that ESPN and a lot of the national media acknowledged him. Yeah. So he got the respect he deserved, unfortunately, too late. Yeah. After he passed. Um, before we move on from the Bears, I do have to mention, Dave loves when I bring up wrestling, but he'll <laughs> he'll love this. The last two episodes of Friday Night SmackDown were taped, I believe, in Chicago at the Allstate Arena. We know it well. So, of course, because of the holidays, the first one was live. The second one was taped. Be kind of interesting to see how they do that. Where they I must somebody must come out with a mic and tell the fans, okay, for the first two hours, we're taping SmackDown for this date. Yeah. And then for the next two hours, we're taping the following week. <laughs> and so we're gonna have Merry Christmas stuff up for the second two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but you could tell it was the same, the same show, the same night, because somebody in the first row, of course, all the wrestlers come in and they they walk up. The yeah. steel steps and somebody got a seat right there and had a sign both nights <laughs> fire ryan pace <laughs> first thing you saw every time the first wrestler to go into the ring on those first those two fridays consecutively <laughs> the first thing you saw fire ryan fire pace. ryan pace that's beautiful but i thought that i thought you'd get a kick out of that that's beautiful uh, congrats to your Saints, or congrats to your to Dolphins, Dolphins for destroying, for destroying the Saints. Destroying the Saints. Holy yes. crap! That that was three. just that was just a defensive beatdown. Eight I mean, sacks of Ian Book. A pick six. Yep. Couple Two, of other picks. Yeah. Fumble recovery. But again. This is something we've kind of alluded to and talked about, maybe mostly off mic, but with the COVID stuff and pulling players and pulling coaches, and again, they're trying to adjust this on the fly. Now they have finally agreed to follow the new CDC guidelines. Yep, five-day quarantine. Instead of 10. So now we're going to get a lot of players back quicker for this crucial last two-game stretch, but... Unfortunately for the Saints, it didn't come quick enough. No, that hurt. And you had to feel bad for Ian Book. You had, what, three days' notice? And then he's hearing the rumors and the stories about how they're calling Drew Brees and they're calling Phillip Rivers. Yeah, trying to get somebody else to come in to right. help out. Right. They did not do anything to help his confidence. The play calling did not do him any favors. The offensive line was abysmal. And you could tell the Dolphins loaded the box. They were not going to let Kamara run all over him. They were going to make Ian Book beat them with his arm. And they had great coverage, and there was just nothing he could do. But again... I'm going to look at it on two different sides. Number one, I agree with you. Ill-prepared. 
Got to destroy the confidence of the kid. Hearing rumors about them trying to reach out and get somebody, anybody in. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, why didn't they put Blake Bortles in in the second half? At least Blake Bortles, as a veteran, would have known. Could have maybe recognized to, some things. And maybe just got the <clears throat> ball out quicker just to avoid some of those sacks. But on the flip side, I mean, okay, you lose Jameis Winston to injury earlier this year. Then you lose Hill. Then you lose Simeon. You're on your fourth string quarterback. Honestly, what do you expect? Yeah, there's nothing you could do in that situation. I mean, I, I felt so bad for Sean Payton in that he just came back off the COVID list. Yeah. And they just dominated the Buccaneers without him. And then he comes back. But, of course, they had Taysom Hill for that game. Right. He comes back and he gets this wonderful Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, it was just, wow. That was something else. Speaking of the Buccaneers, they're back on track. Yep, and Tom Brady has been officially warned by the NFL not to break another tablet. <laughs> <laughs> they beat Carolina 32-6, to and that's Carolina's a mess. That's a story for another day. Now I heard they're going back to Sam Darnold. Yep. So they Jeez. don't know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, Matt Rule's again going to be another one of these college coaches in over his head. You know, you can rip on Urban Meyer all you want, and that's fine. He deserves every criticism he gets. But we've said this, Dave and I have said this over and over again. College coaches different from coaching in the NFL. Exactly. We talked about it last week. These guys come in. They do not have the guys that they handpicked that they've been working with at the college level. You have to come in and you're stuck with guys who are already there. Or you have to try and bring somebody else along that you haven't worked with before necessarily. And sometimes there's hard feelings with the guys who are already there that maybe they were passed over. So it's a real tenuous position to be in. Yeah, and it's it's always fascinating to me, the situations you're talking about where you fire the GM, but you keep the coach. The Giants are looking at that this year. They look, they're looking like they're going to fire Dave Gettleman as a GM, but keep Joe Judge as the head coach. So who's going to take that job? If they can't bring their own guy in. They want their guy. So, and that, that's, I think that's almost why the Bears are considering keeping pace because they're going to give him really his true second coaching hire will be this one after Nagy. Because let's face it, he was stuck with Martz. There was no way have, that I, there was no way the Bears were not going to let him hire anybody but Martz. That's the rumblings I heard. Yeah, well, you either get rid of both of them or you get rid of the head coach. Right. You can't do it the other way around. You no. just can't. No. And um, Nagy has to be gone for his inability to adjust his offense to the team he has. 
There's no excuse. And, I, for and that. we talked about it. They're playing hard for him. I give them credit for that. They're playing hard for him. But at the same time, you can have that kind of charisma or that kind of effect on people. But if you don't know the X's and O's well enough and you can't translate what's in your head onto the field for the players, you're still going to fail. Yeah. And you brought in Nick Foles. Who knew your offense? And you've penalized him sitting him as third string because he told you, you cannot do what you want with this team. You have to adapt. And you've refused to do that. And look what happened when they finally, you and I said, did we not say? I believe we did. Foles should have been playing a month ago, at least a month ago. Get Fields out of there. Don't sacrifice him. That's right. Don't because destroy Matt his Nagy's confidence. trying to save his job. What happens the first game he put Foles in? Oh, look, you win. And I'm not saying Foles is the be-all, end-all. Nick Foles knows how to win. He is not the most athletic. He is not the most skilled. No. But Nick Foles knows how to win, at least some of the time. We just saw it again. Yep. All right, kids. We have rambled on and on here in the first segment, as I told you we would, about John Madden and Jeff Dickerson and the Bears. So what we're going to do here in segment two is we're going to go back again through the rest of week 16, talk about some of these other teams that aren't our favorites. Then we'll give you our current bowl recap. Yep. And then we will go through all our picks for the upcoming week for the NFL and week three of the NCAA Bowl. So you stay tuned. We'll be right back. Greetings, sports fans. Listen to the screaming geniuses of Sports Frenzy 2.0 every Thursday as they bring you the thrill of victory and the agony of stupidity on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. And check out the Facebook page, Sports Frenzy 2.0. Hey kids, welcome back to segment two of Sports Frenzy 2.0. Here for the 30th of December as we record on the 29th. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro, Kevin Crane. And I have to correct myself from our first segment. I said the Bears and... Pace had the thing with Mike Martz. Wrong. It was John Fox. Got the two mixed up. My apologies for that. What brought it on was Pace was hired January 8th, 2015. John Fox hired as a Bears coach January 16th, eight days later. So all the speculation was is Corsi, Ted Phillips and McCaskey had everything lined up already for a head coach and a GM at the same time. So when they brought Pace in, they kind of railroaded him into having Fox as his head coach, which doesn't necessarily make that his first hire, technically. Right. It would be a very quick turnaround for him to come in and eight days later hire a head coach. I I, I understand what you're saying. About Fox, yeah. I would prefer if we moved on from both Nagy and 
I would pace. prefer to, but we'll see what happens. As we've already said, Lewis Riddick would be a great hire. But again, would Lewis Riddick even take the job given the fact he'd have to work for the McCaskies and for Ted Phillips? Oh, they Who's would taking to. that job? Ted Phillips would have to go away with anything to do with football operations. I would say put Riddick as head of all football operations. I'm telling you, and there's going to be a lot of the Giants are rumored to be going back after Riddick. They interviewed him the last time before they hired Gettleman. Um, I got to believe Lewis Riddick will be a hot property for GM positions. I got to believe it. And again, we talked about this last week. The Jaguars are already lining up interviews because they got rid of Urban Meyer. So they're going to be the first ones out there getting people in, talking to them, telling them, here's what we we want out of you. Here's what you can expect money-wise. Here's what yeah. you can expect out of support from our front office. And the Bears are just going to cling <laughs> to Matt Nagy and cling to him and cling to him for the last two weeks. And we're going to end up with the fifth or sixth best head coaching candidate if we're lucky. We'll have to see how it all works out. All right. Moving on. All right, week 16, we're going to wrap up the rest of the teams, the rest of the league. Uh, the Thursday night game on the 23rd was interesting. The Titans beat the 49ers 20-17. to Great game in terms of nice slugfest. Two teams yep. that were trying to figure out who is on the track to the playoffs, who's on the track <laughs> to getting themselves right. The Titans pulled it off. Now we find out Garoppolo is injured. Broken thumb, torn tendon, pinned together. He's expecting to play this coming weekend. We'll see. The difference maker in this game was the fact the Titans got back A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, they could not cover him. As good as the 49ers' defense is, he was the difference maker in the game because Tannehill, I'm sorry, without Derrick Henry back there to hand the ball off to, he is a mediocre quarterback. He and is. Julio Jones was flushing money down the toilet. As he always has been this year. But give props to Mike Vrabel. He is a great head coach. Give him credit. Give A.J. Brown credit for coming in after being injured, showing up, putting on a display in the second half. Titans solidify their spot at the top of the AFC South. Now the 49ers are worried about can we get in as a wild card? Right. They're not winning the division now. No, they're not. They have got to try to figure out a way to win at least one, if not both, of their last two games. And as you mentioned, is it going to be Garoppolo? Are they going to have to go with the young kid? Yeah, we don't know. We'll wait and see. All right, the Saturday night games on Christmas were interesting as well. The Packers beat the Browns 24-22. If Baker Mayfield (laughs) actually performed as well on the field as he does in the the insurance commercials, (laughs) maybe the Browns would be on their way to a Super Bowl. But he does not, unfortunately, do nearly as well. he hurt that shoulder, he cannot throw. Four interceptions, and they only lost by two points. They could have pulled off the upset in Lambeau, take away maybe one of those interceptions. The Browns could have pulled the major upset of the year, knocked the Packers out of the number one seed in the NFC. But as it is now, the Packers are still cruising. 
and the Browns are fighting for their playoff lives. And we'll get to that pick coming up, the Monday night game, with their arch rival Pittsburgh Steelers. The Colts go into Arizona, beat the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury is shitting the bet again. (laughs) I said this last week when we were making these picks. I said, that's why I'm taking the Cardinals. The make or break on Kingsbury. Done. I am done with the Cardinals. I am done with Kingsbury. Kyler Murray, we can still salvage him. Yeah, but you cannot salvage that coach. No. I don't care if they sneak in as a wild card. This is embarrassing. Yeah. This is and they're not gonna win it. They're again facing a tough opponent. They've got Dallas and they're on the road. Forget it. They're done. I mean, no, they're, they're there's done. no way. They might sneak in on the back end, and they're out in the first they're, round. They're going to need some help if they're going to get in. The uh, Sunday games were a mixed bag. The Bengals torched the Ravens. Joe God. Burrow sets all kinds of records. 525 yards passing in that game. A new Bengals record. Yep. And then he set an NFL record for most yards in two games against a team in a season. Yep. Because he had over 400, he had 416 in the first game, 941 passing yards in two games yep. against the Ravens. Yep, absolutely. Year. Unbelievable. You talk about having a team's number. Right. And I, I took the Ravens because at the time we didn't know who was playing quarterback. I thought even if it was Huntley, they might have a better shot. Right. But and Josh Johnson still played relatively well, 300 yards, couple TDs. But I mean, that secondary is so torn apart, so banged up. Yeah, and again, like you said, it's like the Saints have the Buccaneers number, the Bengals right now have the Ravens number. Yep. Uh, the Bills bounce back after that wind game a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Yep, they come back and handily beat the Patriots. That's the Bills team we expected. Yeah. That is the Bills team we expected to see all year long. And they have been so up and down. Right, but 33-21, the Bills win at Foxborough, as Dave mentioned. Uh, the Rams beat the Vikings. I'm still not sold on the Rams. We'll get to them in a minute. Uh, the Chiefs destroy the Steelers. Nobody not a big there. surprise. I was on Raiders Island. Nobody believed in the Raiders but me. I said, no way, no way the Broncos win with Drew Locke in Las Vegas. I was right, barely. Not an impressive (laughs) win, but a win nonetheless. No, that that was not a pretty game at all, 17-13. Right. It was there for for either team. Yeah, and of course the Cowboys, Sunday night football, destroyed Washington. They're pretty much done now, the, the Washington football team. Yep. We talked about the Dolphins. And the Saints, so let's move on to our Week 17 picks. Uh, These games, they all technically, except for the Giants-Bears, have playoff ramifications, but the point spreads for the pros are pretty huge. Four, five, six points. That's That's big for the pros. And there's a lot of games we're not picking that are double-digit point spreads. Right. They're just a Patriots, Jaguars. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's there's some bad games lined up, but there's some – a couple of intriguing matchups. Right. Of course, Giants at Bears. Uh, we're all taking the Bears. I mean, is this Mike Glennon's revenge? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, yeah, the, the Giants are just so bad. Right. Right. 
as bad as the Bears are, the Giants are even worse. Yep. So this is the one that that I think is the best of the week. Chiefs at the Bengals. This should be a hell of a game. And I'm surprised at this point. Only one of our panelists has taken the Bengals of the picks we have in. Yeah, we got seven of our eight picks in. We all took the Bears, by the way, for the Giants-Bears game. Yep. Um, Doug is on Bengal Island right now. I came close. I came really close to trying to go with the upset. But the Bengals, I can't trust them right now. The Chiefs have been solid for two months. The Chiefs have been playing very steady. The Bengals have been up and down one week to the next. They're getting Travis Kelsey back. Yes, they lost Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't think that's a big loss. Daryl Williams is a fine fit in for yes. them. They're not going to hurt any. I just there. I don't trust the Bengals enough against a team like the Chiefs. No. Then we got the Dolphins going in to Tennessee to take on the Titans. And as good as the Dolphins look defensively against the Saints – Offensively, they still did not look spectacular. And I know this is a game that Waddle has a chance to set the rookie record for receptions, taking the spot from Anquan Bolden. That being said, we're all taking the Titans because they're at home. Short week for the Dolphins. Short week for the Dolphins. And they've won eight straight. No, seven straight now. Eight, they're eight and they're seven. Eight and they've, seven. Won, they've won seven straight. Only team in history to, to lose seven in a row and win seven in a row in the same season. Yeah, and that's a hell of a run. I don't see an eight straight coming in. No, it's it's on the road. It's outdoors, which I think factors in. Yeah, because I know they gonna, play outdoors in Miami, but it's going to be it's chilly Miami. It's, in Tennessee. Yeah. There's a weather front that's going to be coming through this weekend. Right. It it it's gonna it falls in line more and with again, the Titans. The Titans now have AJ Brown back, who looks like a difference maker. Really, I yeah. I'm I, I've never had the guy in fantasy football. I've never touched him. I've never wanted to. But after what I saw last week, this guy looks like he could be moving into the top five or six receivers. We'll of see the if league. he can go a second week. Yep. Raiders at the Colts. We don't know who's playing quarterback for the Colts. Carson Wentz is on the COVID reserve. Ellinger is the only one technically active right now. Wentz is unvaccinated, which hurts his ability. But again, with the change in the protocols, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be close. But again, I have a feeling you hand the ball off. Jonathan Taylor right. Jonathan Taylor Taylor left. left. Jonathan Jonathan Taylor Taylor up the the middle. middle. That's all you need. As much as I love being on Raider Island and winning last week, I am not going there again. <laughs> no. The, the Colts are just The ferry is coming to take me off Raider Island. I'm going <laughs> back ashore. Yeah. Um, that was not an overly impressive win for the Raiders. No, and Frank Reich has the Colts playing so well right now. So disciplined. Very disciplined. And, of course, they've got the best offensive <clears throat> line, arguably, in the NFL. Yeah. Eagles at the Washington football team. Now, it's a road game. Could make things difficult Could for the Eagles. Not necessarily. They are the better team. The Eagles are the better team. Washington's fading, fading quickly. Yeah, they're they're licking their wounds after getting decimated by Dallas, and I don't know if they're going to be able to get up off the 
turf. Yep, Sam is the only one who thinks they will. Everybody else takes the Eagles. Broncos at Chargers. God. After what happened with the Chargers last <laughs> week, this game could be a lot closer than what we would normally think. I'm taking How the Chargers the because Chargers they crapped the bed. to the Texans. How does that happen? They got and badly, destroyed. Badly. Not even close. Interesting thought for future episodes to discuss. Does Davis Mills keep the starting quarterback job for the Texans, given the fact he hasn't looked horrible? He's been better than Zach He's Wilson. He's been a hell of He's a lot been better, better than, than Trevor than Lawrence. You almost have to think you got to go with him right now. If they're never going to give Deshaun Watson another chance. Yeah, maybe you know? this is the route you have to go. He's been looking decent. But going back, of course, that was an aside, one yes. of our famous tangents. But Broncos, Vic Fangio says he deserves another season. Whatever, <sighs> Vic. Yeah, uh, give it up, Vic. Yeah. Maybe Char- next year if you get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Chargers for everybody but Doug, who's on Bronco Island. Cardinals at Cowboys. Maybe a couple weeks ago this would have looked like a more intriguing game, but the Cowboys look they're really firing good right on all cylinders right Cardinals now. are shitting the bed, as I mentioned earlier. Cliff Kingsbury's looking at his gorgeous, beautiful palatial house and going, how am I going to make the mortgage payment next year? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to get fired. Yep, Cowboys across the board. Rams at Ravens. Oh, the ferry's coming back. It's taking me to another <laughs> island. He's going to Ravens Island. I have not been impressed with the how the Rams are playing football, and I am not bitter at all because Matthew Stafford cost me my semifinal game in fantasy <laughs> football. I'm not bitter at all. No. But. Lamar's back at practice. Gimpy, gimpy as gimpy. hell. Yes, I know. But even if it's Huntley, even if it's Huntley, this is do or die for the Ravens. It's- the Rams can survive a loss here. The Ravens cannot the Ravens have to win this game. They do, but they have not looked that great. They have lost, what, four in a row? Harbaugh's made a lot of technical errors, yep, a lot they, of mistakes. They're dinged up, like you said earlier, on defense. If you shut down Cooper Cup, are you scared of Odell Beckham anymore? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Shut down Cooper Cup. That's all you got to do to beat the Rams. Take away Matt Stafford's new safety blanket, yeah. and you'll be fine. I'm telling you. Raven Island for the maestro. We'll see if Harbaugh is smart enough to do that. Obviously, everybody else takes the Rams. There you go. Uh, Vikings at Packers. Really? How is this not a gimme across the board for the Packers? Well, because it's a do-or-die game. The Vikings did beat the Packers. In Minnesota earlier this year. This is in Lambeau. It's at Lambeau. Come on, Nick. And again, the Packers need to keep winning to stay ahead of Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay's got a gimme win this week with the Jets. That's right. So they have to keep up with that. Packers across the board, except, like I said, Nick has taken the Vikings. Final game up, Monday night, January the 3rd. I alluded to this earlier. Big game, Browns at Steelers, rivalry game. 
Ugh. Dave, I don't understand. This is one of the ones where <laughs> Dave and I are simpatico, but everybody else, or most everybody else. Yes, yeah, Sam agrees with us taking the Steelers. Everybody else is going Browns. At Pittsburgh, I understand the Steelers mm-hmm. just got beat down by the Chiefs, but that was in Kansas City. It's understandable. We know Ben Roethlisberger is not what he used to be. Right. But as bad as the Browns have been playing of Do you late, trust Baker Mayfield to win a game against a team like the Steelers no. on the road? No, I do not. And I, no, I, they could have beaten the Packers at Lambeau, but he choked it away. I see the same thing happening here. So do I. So there you go, kids. Those are our pro And it's picks. a Monday night game for the Steelers. They don't lose on Monday night. Absolutely. Moving on to college here. we we got about 10, 12 minutes to go. We might spill over into the third segment because there's really there's not, not much a else lot going on to talk about. So the, the bowl games, we're getting bowl game cancellations left and right. By my count, currently five so far with two other ones having altered schedules where teams right. have dropped out. Replacements coming in. Of course, that includes the Miami Hurricanes. Yep. Dropped out of the Sun Bowl. And then because Boise State dropped out of the Arizona Bowl, since it's all right there, they moved Central Michigan to the Sun Bowl to play Washington State. So at least that travel arrangement worked out. Right. Unlike poor North Carolina State, who got royally screwed by UCLA who dropped out hours before kickoff. Yep. Not cool by the Bruins. The whole bowl system, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant. The whole bowl system is ridiculous. Oh, it completely sucks. And now with COVID, as I've mentioned off off mic to Dave, I'm wondering, including the Hurricanes, I'm not going to keep my Miami Hurricanes out of the conversation here, I'm wondering if some of these schools aren't using COVID as an excuse to keep from, now UCLA, obviously, that that was just ridiculous. They'd already paid to get the team there. Right. But, you know, five, six, seven days ahead of time, you wonder if the school accountants don't knock on the door of the head coach or the, the athletic director. You have a director. COVID issue. We cannot afford to send the team to Or we're going to lose game. money. We're going to lose money if we do this. What's the point? Yeah. I just wonder. I'm just putting it out there. Why the hell aren't the bowl sponsors kicking in the travel money for the teams to make the trip if they want them to play there so badly? Yeah. It, it boggles my mind. It the makes schools no sense should not be penalized financially to go to a bowl game but you keep adding bowl games and adding bowl games and And you're bringing smaller and smaller schools in who don't have the funding to do this right less and less incentive for the players to play in the bowl games so we're seeing more and more players opt out yeah to protect their nfl stock It, it it's pathetic the tv money is there but it's not helping the schools. The schools are suffering. They're being exploited for all these added bowl games that don't need to be there. So hopefully we'll get through this last round of bowl games to get to the national championship without any further 
a ton of issues, a ton of problems. Georgia sounds like they're okay. They they should be all right now at this point. Kirby Smart says they should be close to full strength for the game against Michigan. So, all right. looking back at last week's bowls, I mean, again, we're not going to go over all of these. Um, and we don't have updated standings yet because once bowl season hits, it kind of throws off our normal weekly standings updates. Yeah. But uh, really, tonight, as we tape, the big game, Oregon versus Oklahoma, that one's interesting at the Alamo Bowl. Right. This is two new coaches coming in. Well, you figure it's interims, right? Interims, but yeah, they're... What really do they have to play for? It's interesting. Are you trying to impress the new coaches? That's my question because we're going to get to the yeah. LSU, LSU uh, Kansas State pick here in a minute. Are you trying to impress the new head coach, or you the players just not care? I would think the players would play hard, especially if they're not seniors, right. to impress the new head coach or coming to, in to say "f you." To their former coach, you bailed on us. We'll show you what we can do. It's a conundrum. It's very interesting. Yeah. I find it very interesting. But, of course, some of the the bowl games over the last week, um, Houston beat up on Auburn. Well, actually, it was pretty close. It was a close game. Auburn had it, and then they let up a last, I think, five minutes to go, four minutes to go, touchdown to Houston. Yeah. So Houston beats Auburn in the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, Mike Leach does it again. Mike Leach does it again. again. I don't trust Mike Leach for nothing anymore. Oh, my God. That was pathetic. Nine and a half point favorites against Texas Tech, Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl. And they get absolutely crushed. 34 to 7. Pathetic. Leach gets destroyed by his former team. Boy, I can't trust him. This is, we've talked about this. This is a year of teams you trust. I don't care if you're talking NCAA or NFL and teams you don't trust. I can't trust Mississippi State anymore until Mike Leach is gone. I will not trust them. No trust. You can't trust a Mike Leach team anymore, period. They will come back and they'll bite you in the ass when you don't pick them. And then when they're heavy favorites like this, they disappear. Yep. Must have been the fat little girlfriends (laughs) distracting the players. (laughs) Uh. All right. So we're going to do some of our picks now here. We'll probably spill over to the third segment. But we want to cover all the remaining bowl games. Of course, we mentioned some of these have been canceled, revamped, and we're not picking them. Yep. Um, tomorrow night's Peach Bowl was going to be really interesting. It should have been a great game, except Pittsburgh's starting quarterback Pickett. opts out of playing in a bowl game. And Kenneth Walker, the running back for Michigan State, does the same thing. Oh, now, they announced this weeks ago, so but at least still. both teams can prepare. Right. But I'm taking the team. It's easier to replace the running back than the, than quarterback. the quarterback. That's where I agree with you, as does Sam, Doug, and Aaron. Yep. So we're 4-3 right now on the split. 
Um, and that's coming up tomorrow night as we tape on the 29th, the 30th. Yep. The Peach Bowl. And then later on that night, the Las Vegas Bowl, Wisconsin, and Arizona State. I can't trust Herm Edwards. No. Another guy I can't nope. trust. No. Nope. Done. Done, Done with, with Herm. Herm. I love him. I love him. Wisconsin across the board. Now watch. He's going to come back and... <laughs> Throw us again. It's going to be like 40 to 3. Oh, my God. That would just be awful. Oh, Friday the 31st, New Year's Eve, the Gator Bowl. This This... was originally a different lineup, a different setup. Wake Forest is still in it, but now Rutgers has come in. Poor Rutgers. Why didn't they just cancel this game? Oh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Shiano will have Rutgers ready to play. They've had enough time to prepare. I just don't think they're going to they win. Don't I don't think they're going to be able to compete that well with Wake. Yeah, the point spread went up to 15 once Ugh. they announced Rutgers was taking over. Yeah. Um and everybody's taking Wake Forest, so you know, we're not we're not trying to pretend here that Rutgers really has a shot. Watch my man Shiano will come <laughs> we'll out, figure something out. But I, I think I, if, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I don't condone betting. I don't like it. We hate all the effing commercials outside of the Queen, Halle Berry. <laughs> Halle Berry. Yeah. Next, next to how much you get paid for swordfish. This is the the second most she's ever gotten paid to show off her cleavage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but. <clears throat> Wake Forest is the better team, but Rutgers with Shianu, I'm not counting them not, out in terms of they'll keep it close. They'll be competitive. I could see them keeping it within 10 points. If I was a betting man, mm-hmm. I might take Rutgers and, and take the, the 15. The 15. Yeah. Yeah. All right, real quick here to wrap up the Friday night games, then we're going to spill over to segment three and then do – Everything in 2022 for the Bulls up to this point. Yep. Cotton Bowl. These are the semifinals. Uh, Does anybody really think Cincinnati has a shot against Bama? No. I would like to see the upset. I think in a one-game situation, they could do it, but they just don't have the depth at positions for rotating. That Bama does. Everybody's taking a Bama, Bama across the board. All seven of our picks that are in is Alabama, Alabama. The Orange Bowl could be more interesting though. Number three, Georgia, as we talked about, has some COVID concerns, not they issues. Should be alleviated by the time this rolls against out. Against Jim Harbaugh's number two, Michigan Wolverines. I once I heard Kirby Smart say that. Georgia is pretty much COVID-free. I go with Georgia. Because I'm telling you, this is what's supposed to happen. The football I don't care gods what's supposed it. to the happen. The football gods want this to happen. The, the college no. football playoff committee the wants this to happen. The college football gods don't want it to happen. The CFP wants it to happen. Right. Ugh, I'm, I got to go with Michigan. Georgia's susceptible. This could be Harbaugh's year. Right now it's four picks to three. We've got four Georgia. The three Michigan picks are Dave, Sam, and Bill. You do the math. The other three without Jen's pick in yet are Bulldog picks. So we've still got to go through 
the picks for January the 1st and January the 4th. We'll do those as we clean up in the third segment, and then we'll move on to a little bit of NASCAR and any other news that we've got left. As we mentioned, no moments of silence, no dumbasses this week. Nope, straightforward. Yep, so stay tuned, kids. We will be right back. When the mindless zombies at the major sports networks won't leave you alone. When the forces of evil on local sports radio have you cornered. Load up the boomstick known as Sports Frenzy 2.0. Available on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio, Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. Kevin Dave will drive the dull and boring voices in your head away and offer you the sports salvation you need. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget the weekend edition every Saturday, where the maestro and the conquistador might just review your favorite horror flick. Sports Frenzy 2.0. It's groovy. everybody, welcome back to the final segment of Sports Frenzy 2.0. We are taping on the 29th of December 2021. This will hit on the 30th. Happy New Year from the maestro. And the conquistador. Celebrate safe. Celebrate with fun. But still have a good time. Yep. Balance. It's all about balance. If you do party, use an Uber. Use a lift, call a cab, have a designated driver. It's not worth it. That's right. So this will be the last episode that you will actually hear of us in 2021. The weekend edition will hit to help you with your hangover on Saturday the 1st. So be sure to listen to that. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up, a lot of good reviews. Um, As opposed to this week with our regular one, just football, football, football. Yeah. We've got a little bit coming up we, here, we, but we got I, I've got a couple things off the beaten path for you on the streaming side. When we get to the weekend, teaser. yep. But yeah, for the you know the sports world right now, it's all football. Really, not much else going on. So we're going to wrap up our bowl picks for what we call week three. We're going to pick up with Saturday, January the first, this coming Saturday. Five games, the Outback Bowl, first on the slate. Penn State versus Arkansas. I had a hard time with this one. I had a really hard time with this. This this is two teams that you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. Penn State, to me, has been a disappointment. Every time I have tried to side with them, pick them this year, they have let me down. James Franklin got his huge Mm -hmm. extension. Because they panicked panicked and was worried he was going to go to USC. Arkansas is a team on the rise. But again, in the SEC, the SEC has so many teams, quote unquote, on the rise. Yeah. What does that really mean? They beat up on Vanderbilt, so they're ranked in the top 25. (laughs) Yeah, because they're the SEC. I'm exaggerating. Just because they're, we've talked about this, just because they're an SEC team doesn't mean they're better than anybody else. Right. So that that was my worry going into this last group of games. But unfortunately, I I let my SEC <laughs> bias 
take over. So I I looked at how they both played down the stretch, and Arkansas definitely played better down the stretch. I agree. So Dave and I both take Arkansas. Doug and Nick agree with us on the Razorbacks. Aaron, Sam, and Bill go with the Nittany Lions. Move on to the Fiesta Bowl. I don't really think this is like us being biased since we're living near Notre Dame. Um, as Notre Dame State, takes on Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. Two really solid teams, but I think Notre Dame has more on both sides of the ball. Again, we talked about this with Michigan State in the last segment. I think it's easy to replace a star running back. Notre Dame has shown their young running backs are as much up to the task as Kyron Williams. Right. And I think the transition from Brian Kelly to Freeman is going to be smooth. Yeah. Can I just point out something about our community, though? Since, again, we live right nearby Notre Dame. Can I point out, Dave and I rail about this all the time. Yes, this is one of my famous maestro tangents. We talk about how we can't get a decent concert venue. All we want is an eight to 9,000 seat venue. Can't get it. You sit there and you wonder why. We can't get Dave and Buster's. Why? I mean, we've got a, a metro area of probably 200,000 at least, if not more. I now know why. Because one of our three local news stations <laughs> that suck, the NBC affiliate, which is connected to Notre Dame, WNDU, put on their front page, acting like this was big-time news, local doctor composes song paying tribute to new Notre Dame coach Marcus Freeman. Oh, for the love I'm of like, God. No wonder people story. make fun of us. No wonder we can't get any kind of a concert venue. No wonder nobody will come here. Because we have Idiots in the media, more so than the next. And the story stayed on there for the next day, on the front oh, page. God. I'm like, Jesus, God, why don't you act like we have a city bigger than 10,000 people with this shit? Ugh, that's pathetic. I understand you don't want to report about the shootings on the west side every day. <laughs> but for the love of God, local doctor. It did, it's not like it became a YouTube hit. It's not like he actually recorded it. And and sold a hundred thousand copies. It's just, it's just something a local lame. doctor makes song about Marcus Freeman. Guess what? Nobody cares right now. Let's wait and see what happens in his run as head coach. How about we just don't, you know, take time out of our busy doctoring schedule, oh, actually Lord. doing something important and good for the community. To try well, to compose now is a song. He a medical doctor, or just does he have a PhD in music? Oh, Therein God. lies the question. I did not look into that. Good point. Still, it's still lame as it's hell. It's still pretty it's pathetic. It's still lame as hell. That being said, as much as I love the mullet, as much as I love Gundy, uh, he's another one I can't trust. And he, the, he has had a really good year with Oklahoma State. The, historically, they play pretty well in bowl games. They do. But that being said, everybody, seven picks in so far, taking the fighting Irish. That's kind of why I was talking about bias, but I don't think <clears> this is bias. I just think Notre Dame was this close. Both, both teams 
could have been in the right. final four right. had a couple of things gone a little different. This right. actually could have been a semifinal game. Yeah, definitely could have. Needed to beat Baylor, needed Cincinnati to lose. Yep. So it was it was yep. touch and go. Yep. All right. The Citrus Bowl, number 17, Iowa versus number 25, Kentucky. I am on the <laughs> ferry going to another island by myself. Need going down South Kentucky way. That's right. That's right. I can't understand the love affair you guys are having with Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. Everybody else taking Iowa except me. I'm going Kentucky. I have more of an issue with Kentucky than I do Iowa. The point spread has shifted dramatically in favor of Kentucky. And I looked at the numbers. I looked at the stats. I looked at the schedule. I don't see any reason why Iowa is is favored or you guys are loving them as much as you are for this Kentucky game. Kentucky has screwed me. That's what it's come down to. They've screwed me more than Iowa. That sounds like a country song. Kentucky has screwed me more than Iowa. Yep. There you go. All right, moving on to the Rose Bowl, number 10, Utah versus number 7, Ohio State. As much as I would like to go with Utah, they have played really well this last month. I think this is just a matter of heavy-duty recruits, massive army of top-level players versus a team that has pretty much overperformed this year. Agreed. Ohio State has the depth that Utah does not. It, it's kind of like what we talked about with Alabama and Cincinnati. Yep. Even though I, Ohio State is losing one of their receivers who has opted out because he's going pro, I still think Ohio State wins this. Dave, of course, agrees. So does Sam, and so does Aaron. Doug, Nick, and Bill, though, have faith in Utah. Going with the Utes. Yeah. This is one I wouldn't mind losing. It'd yeah. Be, I'd, I'd love to see Ohio State lose another one. That would Knock be them down a peg or two. Finally, the Sugar Bowl, good matchup. Number six, Baylor versus number eight, Mississippi. Final game this, for January the 1st. I, oh. I, yeah, I know. You've already expressed your opinion. You don't like Lane Kiffin. I get it. He's like Leach. <laughs> you can't count on him. Well, Doug and I are counting on him because Doug and I are taking Mississippi, everybody else taking Baylor. I just don't see what the appeal of Baylor is. I just, I, I'm, I, they're I, an enigma. They're a, ri- a riddle wrapped in a question mark, blanketed in an enigma. I don't understand Baylor. Yes, I know they're ranked sixth. I just don't get it. That being said, I don't trust Kiffin. That's it. One last bowl game, Tuesday, January the 4th, the Texas Bowl. I have a feeling something's going to happen and this is going to get canceled. I just this is the only <laughs> it, bowl it probably left probably would after the semifinals and before the national championship LSU versus Kansas State <laughs> I all I'm going to use that philosophy I talked about earlier where I think the LSU players are going to play hard to try to impress Brian Kelly who by the way bringing in a little tidbit of information. Bringing did hire in the Kansas City Chiefs linebacker, linebacker coach, coach. Matt House will now be the defensive coordinator for the LSU Tigers. First big hire for Brian Kelly. Yep. Hopefully he doesn't announce it in that Southern drawl. 
You know he's already got that going for him. What a phony. What a fucking phony he is. I'm he sorry. Is. I don't. I give him I give him four years in LSU. Four years and he's You're giving out. him that long? He doesn't know what he's in for. He thought Notre Dame fans were bad. LSU fan, look at Ed Orgeron. They I don't know. tolerate failure. And he's one of their own. Ed Orgeron, three years ago, won a goddamn national championship. I know. And they couldn't wait to run him out. I know there's other stuff going on behind the scenes, but come on. Come on. I can't believe they gave him that long of a contract. Yeah. Yeah, can you say buyout? Because that's what's going to happen <laughs> about three, four years from now. Yep. Uh, that being said, I like I said, I'm going to go LSU, more talent, maybe playing to impress Brian Kelly. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, we'll see. I'm going Kansas State. I don't know that LSU really cares at this point. That's true. I, I I could see this one going either way. So Dave is going along with Nick and Doug with Kansas State. <clears throat> Sam and Bill and Aaron go with me with the LSU Tigers. And outside of the national championship game, that is it for our bull picks. It is. The great equalizer it is, is just about to done. An end. Yes. So far, it looks like Nick's actually had a good a good run. I've looked at the numbers, he the has. preliminary numbers. He's doing really well. But, of course, he's in last place, so <laughs> I don't know what that's going to do for him. And Doug has not shit the bed as much as we'd all hope, so nope. it looks like he's going to wrap up the Rick Brooks Memorial Trophy yep. here pretty soon. Well picked, Doug. And we should acknowledge the fact that our fantasy football final is coming up this weekend. Congrats to your wife, Mrs. C. Mrs. C, her first championship game. Is this the first time she's actually made the final playoff yes, round? Yes, that she's, she's not in... playing for the banner of shame. Yes, and she is playing Aaron. So those two are going to fight it out for the plate of greatness. Yep. And Bill and Doug will be battling it out to avoid, avoid the banner of shame. Bill already has it, so he's hoping. <laughs> he wants to get rid of it. He wants to give it back to Doug, <laughs> who has previously held it. There you go. Of course, Bill sending me emails blaming, Derek Henry got injured. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott sucks. What was I supposed to do, man? Everybody else is adapted. <laughs> but, and this is going to impact... I have kind of hey, projected how many some games has Tariq Hill's up and down performances cost me? Yep. This is really going to come down to the wire for the Penna Frenzy because nobody's running away with this. This no. is going to be number one. When we do our Penna Frenzy, we take all five of our competitions, low score wins, which means if you finish first or second a lot, you're going to probably win. The Penna Frenzy. Yeah. But everybody's been, been kind of... all over the freaking board. So I kind of projected the numbers, and it's going to come down to the wire. So even if you're not competing for the Fantasy Football Championship, even if you're not competing for the top spot in football picks, it's it matters, matters where, where you, you are because those are the last two contests open. Bill falling all the way down where he did is helping a certain person known as the Maestro. Grr. So I got to win. I got to beat Nick. Finish third in fantasy football. 
stabilize fourth, fifth in football picks, I should get my beloved Penna Frenzy back. Should, maybe, possibly, hopefully. But again, lots of crazy things could happen here. God knows. This is going this to is be weird. a very close Penna Frenzy this year. All right. We've got NASCAR. Um, we talked about the fact we're not really going to do a traditional ending segment with the moments of silences and the uh, dumbasses of the week. Um, but NASCAR, <clears throat> um, we did have a couple. We had a matriarch and a patriarch. Yes. Of two of the most famous current families in NASCAR pass away. Yep. First off, Martha Earnhardt. Mother of Dale, grandmother of Dale Jr. passed away at 91. So thoughts and prayers out to the Earnhardt family. And then, of course, uh, Brad Keselowski's <clears throat> father, Bob, passed away. So, again, thoughts and prayers to their family. Yep. And that, that's what I always love about NASCAR. <clears throat> NASCAR is such a... A family sport. Family-oriented, tight-knit you know, it's it's a group that cares yeah. about mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, the family members, not yeah. just the racers. Yeah, it's it's everybody. Yep. So, uh, one little tidbit. I, you know, you're scra- you're scraping, <laughs> you're you're, you're <laughs> dredging the bottom of the barrel for news. I just I've always liked Casey Kane, and I still think he left. The Sprint Cup, or what I call the Sprint Cup, the Cup cup Series, series. too early. Yeah. He is going to run the full World of Outlaws schedule here in 2022, so he's trying to at least get something going. He's keeping his racing going. He's a a solid open-wheel driver. That's where he came up running. But yeah, he's another one, just one of those guys that I don't understand. He's, He's, by NASCAR standards, too young to have been pushed out. Yeah. It was kind of the rides he had gotten. I know he spent some time with Hendrick, but he was kind of well, he's fourth never tier. the top guy. Yeah. He was, he was never given the equal equipment as everybody else because he was running with Johnson and Gordon at the time, and everything went to those guys. So it's like when Kenny Schrader was there, he was more of their R&D guy trying to figure stuff out when he was by far probably the best racer of the group. And you got to wonder if, especially like Kane, since that's more recent, Kane doesn't look now at the configuration of, of Hendrick with Chase Elliott and Bowman and Byron. And he sits there and he goes. And Larson. And Larson. I I got one of those cars. I would have been okay. Of yeah, course, Larson's no running the five now. Yeah, which was the five Casey has Kane's suddenly become. Yeah, and I don't think that's a reflection <laughs> on Casey Kane. No, I think it's more like what the conquistador. I said. think it's Hendricks realizing to put equal equipment under everybody finally because he doesn't necessarily have the favorite driver or drivers anymore. They're all really freaking solid, and he's putting everything into all four teams for a change. Kind of like what Gibbs is doing, you know? Yeah. One note in the NFL I just didn't want to mention. 
we could almost put it in a dumbass segment, but I guess we can't, even though he is a dumbass. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Mr. Lateral Thinker. I have to acknowledge the fact that he did set this past weekend new <sighs> touchdown record for the for Green the Bay Packers. Packers. Yep, and surpassed Favre, Favre, whatever you want to call him. Favre had to do the video thing on the screen. Oh, congratulations, oh, Aaron. I'm very Super proud Bowl. of you. And when the thing that kills me, and we've been ripping on Aaron Rodgers for weeks and weeks and months, all justified, in my opinion. Oh, hell yeah. But let's, I'm going to be honest here. I will actually be complimentary for a brief moment. When they showed the stats between Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, I, was, I saw the interception numbers <laughs> for far. I was like, holy God, maybe it's time to give Aaron Rodgers a little, a little bit, bit of credit. Because, <laughs> Brett, again, I, I've said this. The gunslinger. Years and years. Brett Favre is not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He no. threw too many interceptions. He took too many chances. He got better later on in his career with the Vikings when oh he actually God. matured yeah. and figured out how to play football without taking those chances. But yeah, you got to took him forever. Aaron Rodgers is a very precise quarterback. He does not take those chances. No. Now you can say maybe that keeps him from winning in the playoffs, getting to the Super Bowl again and we'll see. Yeah. He is not going to beat himself. Well, of course he's got Shailene Woodley. That's Why would he? Because <laughs> oh. you know she loves to suntan her nether regions. <laughs> no, I did not know that. Supposedly the 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 you know holistic healer, you know. Told her Mr. all this Lateral stuff, which she passed along to Mr. Lateral Thinker, which is why he was inoculated, not <laughs> vaccinated, because he took his holistic cure for COVID, not the actual I prescribed thought, medication. I that, thought he was the inoculator, not the inoculatee. <laughs> That's between him and Shailene. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> All I, you notice, though, he kept saying that he grew his hair out to be John Wick. Yeah. He hasn't cut he it. He hasn't cut it yet. Ah, see, I think something's going on there. I think she likes it. I think she calls him Jungle Boy in the bedroom. <laughs> she grabs onto it from... You Never want, mind. Yeah, you want to talk about... Yeah. There's some divergent <laughs> stuff for you. <laughs> what better way to wrap up? Then with that little, <laughs> there's a thought back and to forth. keep in your head, there, kids. <laughs> so as you're having fun on New Year's Eve and you're looking across the room <laughs> after you've had a few too many, and you see a girl that maybe normally you wouldn't <laughs> approach, just think of Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley. <laughs> God help you. <laughs> and then turn around, call an Uber, and go home and get some sleep. <laughs> Don't squeal like a pig, kids. <laughs> He is my brother from another mother, my best friend, David Height, the Conquistador. This is my best bud here, the maestro Kevin Crane. Couldn't think of a better way to wrap up 2021 than with Dave and you. But, of course, we're going to go right back into it here, tape the weekend edition, so check yep. that out. Again, as you nurse your hangover, 
roll over and look at that wonderful warthog <laughs> that you picked up at your New Year's Eve party and you now regret being with and you know you're going to have to take her to IHOP and shovel $25 worth of pancakes and bacon down her gullet just to make sure you don't have to get her number. <laughs> and remember, it could be a boomerang. <laughs> Steel Panther. That's right, kids. Happy New Year. We love you. We'll check out on the flip side. And don't forget the weekend edition on New Year's Day. Yep. Talks to you next year.